Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schockner, along with the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, better known as Football City USA due to producing more NFL talent than anywhere else in the country, Dr. Cheney Robinson. Hello, hello. Doc, man, today we are going to the ACC, right in our backyard. We're going up Highway 85 to Raleigh, North Carolina, and we're going to stop at North Carolina State University. The Wolfpack's Camille Weiss, former cheerleading captain for the pack, TikTok creator, National Cheerleading Association instructor, and really a champion for mental health, particularly in the uh, cheer community, is joining us. Camille, welcome to NIL Undressed. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Awesome. But Camille, we, what we try to do is, is we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Okay. So you've, you, we were just talking before we get, came on air that you're going to have a, you're going to be, you're going to get to see games this year from a little bit different point of view. Right. right. So maybe you get to be involved in a, in a few more of these than you have been in the past, but what is your favorite North Carolina state tradition? Um, my favorite tradition is we do, you're going to do this in the stands too, but, um, once we get like a first down or a third down, we, we all do like this and we go move the chains, move the chains, move, 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 because they move the chains. (laughs) Awesome. What? All right. So we're coming to campus, right? What restaurant do we need to go to and what should we order? Ooh. Okay, this isn't on camp. I mean, it's on Hillsborough Street, which is on campus, but it's this little cafe called Help Tree Cafe. And they have smoothie bowls and their tomato basil panini is so good, too. All right, Ryan, we got to go, bud. We, I mean, that's, <laughs> so good. Drive. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> worth it. All right. Now, you we again, we talked about this earlier. You're starting your super senior year. I had I had one of these too, right? <laughs> so what is what so far has been your favorite North Carolina State memory? Oh, it's hard, but I think honestly, the game, it was two years ago, I believe, against Clemson at home. And we had um it, somehow we won. I mean, like in the <laughs> last couple seconds, it was crazy. And then all the students jumped off of the stands and like rushed the field, and it was just chaotic. But I will never forget that it was amazing. I remember that game. I do remember. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do you miss most about cheering for the pack? Mm, I miss. I really miss just the team aspect, and it's just like a family, and where I see them every day. Um, because we had practice and all of those things. And I just really miss, you know, having that family that I could go to and see every day. I still talk to everyone, but it's just different when you're not kind of like involved with it. You're you're not in the bubble. Hey, right. and, and whether you're cheer or football or baseball, it's like a hundred percent. That is the answer. It's, it's, you miss the, the team, the camaraderie, just being around everybody, mm-hmm. um, it's a hundred percent across the board. So for all the hardcore football, basketball, you know, cheers not that different when it it's not. I say that. <laughs> all right, you got your collegiate start pre nil, yes. and then you finished up while nil was you know really going crazy, right? Going gangbusters. Okay. 
So how did team dynamics, and especially in the cheer world, how did that change as NIL kind of came down and came on the scene and then, you know, ended up being what it is right now? Um, I think it was honestly a lot of support to each other because some people were like, what is NIL? Some people never heard of it. And I got really into NIL because I just, I love doing brand deals and things like that. So when NIL started happening, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I can like use my, like what I do to make even more money than I already do with brand deals. So it was kind of funny because I was the only, really the only one who was like super into it. So I would bring all my brand deal things to practice and make everyone try them and make everyone be my videos. And they would always just, you know, ask me for advice about things and ask me what platforms I'm using, all of those things. (laughs) So how did, so, and that was as it got going, right? Has that Hmm. kind of changed at all now? Are there more, more of the team, are they participating in it? And have you seen that kind of, that grow? Yes, I definitely like I see posts on Instagram from all of them all the time about, you know, NIL deals that they're doing and just things like that. Like they tell me about different deals, definitely a lot more than when I was on it last year. Very cool. So one of the things that I thought was really cool that you did is you started a podcast, right, called mm-hmm. Beyond the Bow, which, mm-hmm. you know, it it did a lot of things, right? It was that day in the life, but to a deeper level uh, of being a college athlete, a college student, and it really hit the topic of mental health. So mm-hmm. what, what's, what was the backstory on creating that podcast? Honestly, um, this brand reached out to me, Believe, which is the network that it's on. Um, and I, I love to share things about my life, but I never really thought of doing a podcast, honestly. Um, so when they reached out to me, I was like, okay, that's a really good idea, honestly, because podcasts, like they were in the works of being super popular and everyone was getting a podcast. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll definitely try that. I'd love to have another platform where I can, you know, share mental health tips in a different way to like a different audience. So tell us about some of that, right? Because that's an aspect that, you know, it's this huge, you know, topic, right? Mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's taught, you know, well-being, student athlete right. well-being, but it, it's almost left there, right? Yeah. It's 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 talked about, which I guess is a a positive, you know, movement in a, in a positive right. direction. But tell us about some of the topics and, and things that, especially kind of in that cheer community, mm-hmm. um, you know, w- what are y'all dealing with? What are the top, you know, top yeah. issues and that sort of thing? Um, I love this question. I'll get into it. Um, So I think mental health, especially in cheer, is so surface level because, I mean, we're cheerleaders. Like, we're supposed to be happy and peppy and just excited all the time. And it's just like no one really talks about the deeper root of it. And it's kind of like if we're cheering a game, we'll put everything that's happening or if we're going to practice, everything that's happening just goes out the door and we're focused on cheer and focused on what we have to do. But it's hard because it's like, some mental health roots from cheerleading, like eating disorders and um, depression, anxiety, and it, body image, you know, things like that. It's all rooted in cheerleading. And um, it's just hard now that it's like kind of hard to go from surface level because you don't want to say too much. But I'm like, I don't really care anymore. Like, I just need to get it out there because. I struggled with eating disorders. I've struggled with, 
depression and anxiety. And it's like, I don't want anyone else to struggle with that. So I think you just got to go out, pull the bandaid off and just say what you've been through because it's no use in hiding it. Like it just makes everything worse. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, you, as you were, as you were answering that question, it just kind of hit me. I'm like, you know, it, you're, you're going through the same thing that all student athletes go through that all students go through. Right. But mm-hmm. the football team, they get to hit each other. They get to take right. their aggression out. Right. Basketball yeah. team, you know, they get to get like every other sport. There's a fit, you know, huge physical like contact or that sort of thing, but cheer it's put on a smile. Mm-hmm and act like everything's perfect there's no taking out aggression or or any of that and it's even you know we you know we try and tell student athletes hey you know there's this box that we see on social media mm-hmm. that nobody really fits into mm-hmm. um everyone just shows these little you know glimpses of who they are not the real person right. but at the same time we're like hey cheer you need to fit into this box yes yeah. exactly yeah. So, so you're almost getting the the opposite, you know, the the stuff that would help. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, uh, you're not allowed to to do right because it goes against you know the the cheerfulness and the you know peppy and making everybody happy and and yeah, uh, yeah that's nuts, man. I know, and that's why I think I struggled so much at first because I'd been cheering almost my entire life, so I was so used to just pushing it under the rug and putting a smile on my face every time something would happen. So I think once I finally got to college, I just kind of bursted. Like I couldn't push push anything else under the rug. Like it was too full. So I think everything just kind of like pushed out and exploded then, which is, it was bad, but also good because it taught me that you can't do that. <laughs> like it's unhealthy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how do we help, especially in the cheer community, right? How, like what are things that we can do to help uh, largely these young ladies, even though we know there's the, the guys and all that kind of stuff, but how do we help these young ladies so that, that it doesn't get to that point? I'm still trying to figure that part out too, honestly. Um, but I think just being open and just being honest about how you feel and just, it's not something to be discouraged about. It's not something that's embarrassing if you're struggling with your mental health. Everyone goes through it, literally everyone. And I think it's just creating awareness around that and just something that it's it it's okay to have bad days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Collectives have gotten the attention, right? It, when it as it relates to NIL, but uh I have yet to see somebody from the cheer community get an NIL deal out of the collective, right? It's mostly for the football players and and that sort of thing. So uh, and so really what that means is that you really have to identify what your brand is. You have to mm-hmm. really build your own brand. Mm-hmm. That means social media is in the cards and, um, and you know, being, so you're also part of what you do is, is you're around all levels of cheer athletes with your work as an instructor with the National Cheerleading Association. So what mistakes do you see young ladies making as they start to use social media Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and why are those mistakes? Mm, I think um, comparing a lot on social media happens, especially in the cheer community, because I don't know, I, 
me personally, I used to compare myself to other college cheerleaders even before I cheered in college. And just being, you know, thinking in my head like, oh, I don't look like her. I'm not going to make a college cheerleading team or I'm not going to excel in college cheerleading because I don't look like this specific person who's like my idol in cheer. And I think younger girls and boys do that, too, in the cheerleading community, because it's just we have our community and it's like kind of stuck in that. And it's hard not to compare yourself to people who you want to be like or people that have the same goals as you. Um, So I think definitely comparison and just also kind of what you said, where everyone needs to fit this picture. I think a lot of people try to fit that picture on social media and don't show like the true aspects of their life. Yeah, I think we we get stuck in this this buzzword of brand building, but there's no brand identification that's going on, right? Like it's, you know, we, from what I see, especially in the cheer with all, with all the athletes that we get connected to, it's like they're, you're going on the vacation and you're doing the, you know, the sexy poses on the beach right. and all that. And there's so much more, there's more value that, that they can bring, especially in, in uniqueness, right? Authenticity as it relates to uh, developing, identifying their brand and, and all of that type, like look at you and what you've done with the mental health and the the day in the life of a college athlete. Like yeah. there's stuff that's valued out there. That's not the, you know, trying to take the pictures and, and uh, you know, the, the dance trend, although they would, Cheney, they would probably be pretty good at the dance trend things. That's yeah. probably well <laughs> out of character yeah, with exactly. them, but for us, yes, but not. They not created that. the dance trend. Yeah. Oh this, yeah. <laughs> this is true. Absolutely. All right, Camille, knowing what you know now, again, with cheer being over for NC State, right? And looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020. Mm -hmm. How, as a cheerleader, knowing what you know now, would you go about building your brand and engaging on social media? Would you do it differently? And if so, how, what would you have done differently? What would you do differently? I think that. Um, I would just be myself more and stop. Like, obviously I was myself in my social media posts, but I was myself at the best points. And I would try really hard to make each word perfect. Each word means something specific. And when I was taking pictures, it would have to look like this. So it matched my feed. Like I would, I just wish I would have done not worked, not, not like not worked as hard, but just made it more original because I mean, cheerleading, it took up so much of my mental space and also being a college student on top of that. And then also doing social media on top of that, where I was using even more and trying to make things perfect. It kind of made it less fun in a way. And I just wish I would have been able to use like more creative freedom and allowed myself, you know, just more like originality. I, I think you hit the perfect word there, right? And <laughs> ironically, I'm saying perfect, right? It's yeah, you were seek you were seeking this perfection, right? And which you know, clearly looking back, you know, is is impossible to hit. But being more original and showing some of the you know some of the imperfections right. might have actually helped get you know more followers quicker because they're okay. able to relate and and all of that. Yep. Well, let's unpack that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. When was it? What was it that the light where the light bulb went off for you? It was like, okay, this is my true authentic self. 
Because we've already talked about, you even said, even in high school, that you were trying to emulate and be like these college cheerleaders. When was it when you were like, this is the true 100% Camille and Mm -hmm. world, here she is? (sighs) Honestly, I feel like there wasn't a, a light bulb moment. I think it's just been growing and growing. And now that I'm no longer on the team and I've had time to kind of self-reflect over the summer and just prepare myself to have that extra time to self-reflect. I think it's just been a buildup of things. Like after my eating disorder recovery and I posted that on Instagram, like that was something that I'd been struggling with for years and years and years. And finally posting that, I think that was like the start of being myself on social media. But I still think I've grown a lot since then, like even more than that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the positive reaction to that eating disorder and, and being public with it um, kind of paved the way to continue uh, your journey to figure out who I am and to be more uh, more open to posting? Yes, a thousand percent. Because just... The amount of DMs I got after I posted that that were just young girls like, oh my gosh, I feel the same about this. Like, how ca- can you help me with this and this? And I struggle with this. And people still continue to reach out to me that, you know, struggle and ask questions. And I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. But I never knew that would happen, honestly. And, and I think that's the, you know, if there's a, a lesson in this to to everyone listening out there, that the thing that uh, that you know you don't want known, right? And we're all flawed and multiple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but the thing that you're you're hesitating most about sharing could be the thing that really uh, unites people and and makes a difference in in someone's life. So the fact that you're still getting people reaching out on DM, mm-hmm. asking for help, and you're helping them, I mean. Man, that that uh, that makes me feel good, and I'm not even a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about just social media in general, okay? Ryan's got children. I've got young children, and I know we've had this conversation. I'm sure Ryan has with his family, too. But what age do you think it's safe to give kids total control over social media versus having parents monitor the accounts? Hmm. Okay, well, I was allowed to have Facebook <laughs> at 10 years old. That was like on my 10 year year birthday, my parents were like, you could get a Facebook. But that was when that was like so long ago. Like I don't even remember what year, but it was cleaner. It was cleaner then. Yeah. Yeah. It was not like that at all. Not at all. And I just I don't even know. I mean, I think parents can put I wouldn't say that they need to, you know, like look through their kid's phone or anything, but you can put restrictions and things on your kids, you know, Instagram, YouTube, all of those things. And I think maybe high school is when I would say that you're mature enough to at least hold yourself on things like that. But I think it's still important to keep the conversation open about like, what did you like? What are you scrolling? What are you looking at? Like, and not to compare your life to others, um, you know, things like that. I think that means a lot coming from a parent to their child. Yeah. 
And and so we're going to make sure that the National Cheerleading Association gets that because <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of influence you have on some young ladies. And, and just to mm-hmm. know coming from somebody that they look up to like, hey, you might not be ready for this yet. It doesn't mean you can't engage on it, but, you know, let's help because there's a lot of, you know, negative stuff that comes from social media, whether yeah. it just be comments or you know, creeps or whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, you need to be taught how to deal with that so that we don't create more, you know, mental health issues and and scenarios and that sort of thing. Exactly. And the only person that couldn't teach their kid is like a parent because they don't have classes for things like that. Teachers aren't going to, you know, talk about that in class. So I think that's important. Well, you hit a good, a a good topic, right? Teaching in class. So right. you're part of that student athlete, um, you know, ecosystem, and you're graduating in December. Yeah, you're getting ready to, you know, now real world. Here we come, right? <laughs> um, so, what aspects of student athlete development do you think, you know, they did really well at at North Carolina State, and what do you wish you had more of? And so, let me just say, when I think of student athlete development, I think of you know personal finance, you know, life skill type stuff, networking, mm-hmm. you know, brand building, all that type of stuff. I think they were really good at helping us um, with time commitments like that. You know, I'm very good at scheduling and planning things out. Um, They were helpful sort of in brand building. I think they could have done a lot more, but they gave us options. You know, we have like someone to help us build our brand. Um, But I think it's like optional. Like you don't have to do that. And I think everyone should be required to at least do, do somewhat of that part, you know? And I think that also figuring out what to do after your sport, because it's so hard, you know, like I've done cheerleading forever. Like I've relied on that to keep me busy. And I think there should be like a, a little bit of an ending, like thing that everyone has to go through to kind of help with the process being a real, like being a non-student athlete, you know? Yeah. Yeah, The soft, it's like putting the the safety mat underneath practicing new joints. Let's have that soft launch into the real world versus, uh, you know, trying that trick, that couple flips for the first time without without anybody there to catch you. We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Exactly. Because now I'm just, I just like don't know what to do. I have to figure it out myself. And I've done, you know, things outside of school to help with that. And there's like a plat, there's many platforms that help with athletes that are just becoming normal students. But it's like if NC State Athletics offered that, it would have been a lot easier. 
Very cool. Well, and I think you also hit everyone should go through brand building. Right. And I would just add the caveat, regardless of if you intend to participate in name, image, and likeness, because your brand building, I mean, you're mm-hmm. always going to be selling one thing and that's yourself yep. as you go on through mm-hmm. through life. And so it's it's being able to identify what, you know, who you are and then how are you going to communicate that? And, mm-hmm. you know, back in the days when Facebook just launched and, and uh, we called that reputation. Right. Mm-hmm. And and now we call it brand. So it, it same thing, different name. Yes. <laughs> All right. So here's a question for you. So if you were going to go back in time and you're selecting a university to attend. Right. But now you have this crystal ball, you know, that NIL is out there. <laughs> um, what criteria would, you know, what criteria would you use um, to help you evaluate your decision making? Hmm. I think I would definitely look into the law perspective of NIL. So having people that are on site to help people with NIL deals and read over contracts and stuff, because those are super important. And I don't know what a con, I don't know how to read that. <laughs> so I think having people that can help with that, that are free of charge, obviously. Um, and also I know Clemson is getting like a huge new, and like they're getting their own NIL building, own NIL, everything. And if I would have seen that, I definitely would have put that, looked into that, put that into a different perspective, because I think that's really important and super cool. And I think a lot of other universities should start getting on that trend <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool the the brand building center which right. um you know football funded but they allow all the other athletes yep. to participate in and yep. you know they can do a podcast or photo shoots it's all that type of stuff it's it's pretty right. it's pretty wild what they've what they built out down there right. you know i that think was- the other thing is that which you hit it on right you hit on um without knowing it but the city that you go to where is your school located um being part of a larger metropolitan area mm-hmm. can also help with um you know getting deals right if there's more companies right. there's more opportunity uh as long as you're you know holding yourself out right and and that sort of thing yeah i agree so what do we look forward to next when once you graduate in december what's in store Oh my goodness. Um, I am gonna move out of Raleigh, I think. Um, and I just really want to travel the world. I want to go to Europe and just be creative there and just have some self-reflection time. Um, and then I'm thinking about starting my own social media business and doing, you know, creative marketing things around just kind of remote so I can continue to travel and, you know, live my life in the way I want it to be lived and just kind of be my own boss, you know, things like that. But I do love social media and it can provide brands and companies with so many different things. And I think as it's going to grow and it's going to continue to grow. And I think that's like a super interesting um profession to get into absolutely so we look forward to following you now where can people follow you especially as you go to europe and we can kind of see your all the all the cool pictures and places that you're going to be so how can people find you and follow you um you can follow me on instagram at ca.k 
camel, like the animal, C-A-M-E-L. Um, and then on TikTok, I'm just Camille.Weiss. And also on YouTube, Camille.Weiss. And my podcast is Beyond the Bow Podcast. <laughs> so check it out for sure. Um, yeah. Hey, Camille, thank you for spending some time with us. We appreciate your openness and your willingness to share. Um, And thank you, everybody, for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share and comment is greatly appreciated. 